Lazy Person's Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, oh, blame it for no reason, on a feather... Blame it on Hoboken! It's the funny, music-fueled, modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the battle, blame it on Monday. Today's episode, it doesn't matter. meh. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken, New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is on a deadline to find true love and a landmark that will inspire a huge pop hit on a deadline. We join her now as she presents a possible landmark to her toughest client ever, record executive Natalie Martino. Natalie Martino from Righteous Records had hired Carolyn Cates to find a site that would inspire a new pop song, Bigger Than Arrow of Love, the biggest song of the spring. Carolyn had found several potential locations, but while she was searching, the fame of Arrow of Love just kept growing. New mashups were hitting the music charts daily. Eleanor Zane, an up-and-coming actress, had optioned the film rights to Enid Hobb's story. A best-selling author had optioned the book rights to the movie. Natalie Martino was responding to this news by becoming, if this was possible, even harder to work with than before. Great. Now all we need is for someone to option the poetry rights and we can write our own pink slips. I'm thinking of going back to law school. That way, when I graduate, I can sue myself for taking this thankless job. And you could help me with my bankruptcy. Before you guys admit defeat, what about this? It's pretty amazing. Carolyn led the group into her first potential site of the day. It was a small, private planetarium. It had been built for a 19th century industrial baron, she told the group as she led them into the darkened domed room. Today, it was owned by a gourmet ice cream magnet. This isn't bad. Agreed. You got the whole starry night thing. And the one man's crazy vision thing. And the dark for day thing. So what you're pitching us here is humankind's ability to touch the heavens. That's it exactly. And it sounds like your team really likes the idea. We We do. do. But it's what I think that matters. Oh, absolutely. And um, what do you think? What I think is, and I'm being honest here, is meh. The place is nice. And it's not like I hate astronomy, but the metaphor is too sparkly. You couldn't sell it to a cynical 12-year-old. And that's one of our core sub-markets for secondary distribution, by the way. Oh, okay. Um, let's check out our next potential site then, shall we? Carolyn led the group from Righteous Records to a Revolutionary War-era mausoleum that had been refitted as a modern-day sound studio. She had learned about it from a friend of a friend. It's dark, which is good. Almost gothy, which could be good or not good. And yet, it's not us. Moving on. Carolyn's third potential site of the day for Righteous Records was a dulcimer repair shop run by a luthier dressed in period costume. It was housed in a turreted tower. How's this? Please tell me you're joking. As in, you're not seriously expecting me to consider this. I think we need to be open to everything at this point. Honestly, sometimes the best way to find a site is to look somewhere else. That's what brought us here. You didn't like the sites I thought you'd like, so I thought maybe you'd like something I thought you'd hate. You see my logic? Right. Are we finished for today? Yeah, I I guess we are. Finally, some good news. This is the, boy, am I having an up and down kind of day song that played in the air as Natalie Martino and the team from Righteous Records drove away in their town cars. 
When she got home, Ms. Chupesky was sitting on Carolyn's couch reading her yearbook with the TV on. I hope you don't mind me leafing through it. It it brought back so many memories. And it helped me pass the time. Technically, of course, Hans should be feeling nervous, but I am feeling somewhat nervous too. Perhaps because I'm his other half? Oh look, his show is starting. Little Hans had been approached by a casting agent to play a cameo role in the hottest soap of the spring. The name of the show, Beaumont Avenue. Little Hans's character's name, The Handsome Stranger. It is a generic and yet descriptive term. The show's theme song began to play. It's time to settle back and enjoy another episode of Beaumont Avenue. The words make very little sense, but the melody is appealing. In the first scene, Little Hans, in the role of Handsome Stranger, walked into the antique store run by Letitia August Beaumont, nay Moorfield, the avenue's wily temptress. Little Hans picked up a vase and studied it. You are so very beautiful, but my heart is taken. Who was that handsome stranger? Letitia August Beaumont, nay Moorfield, the store's owner, asked her assistant, Jean-Louis de Rumersfeld. He is a stranger to me. But I have always loved you. Kiss me! Oh, but I can't. But, but, but we shouldn't. I don't care that you have robbed and schemed and cheated on me. All I want is you. A commercial came on promising viewers younger-looking skin in under ten minutes. If this were true, one could grow younger watching television. I find this amazing and depressing in equal measure. Oh, wait, we have returned to the avenue. In the soap opera's second act, little Hans walked into the avenue's leading law office holding a stack of papers. He placed the papers on the desk and walked out. Who was that handsome stranger? Letitia August Beaumont named Moorfield's daughter Raven asked her attorney. I am here to contest my ex-father's will. I do not have time for love, but he is very handsome. And yet, a stranger... That will be $300. The screen went black. The theme song began to play. Who is the handsome stranger on Beaumont Avenue? Will the town rue or rejoice at his arrival? Tune in tomorrow. 
Little Hans performed his part very believably, I think. But the writer should hew to more realistic terms. An ex-father, for example. What is that? The power of words and numbers lies in their specificity, I think. Do you agree, Miss Cates? I couldn't agree more. Carolyn pulled Euclid's proof from the back of the yearbook, which was still sitting on the sofa. Ah, yes. You did very well on this. And I'm using it again now. Carolyn told Miss Chupesky about her search for the perfect square who could help her complete the proof while she was in her current prime of 31. So you are applying Euclid's mathematical proof to your love life. That's an interesting approach. You deserve the credit. I mean, after all, I got the idea from your homework assignment. But you have created a wonderful metaphor. It's a bit unorthodox, but recent events have shown me the wisdom of doing unusual things. Do you agree, Miss Cates? But it isn't an unusual idea. It's a proof. It's proven. You can credit me for the homework and Euclid for the inspiration, Miss Cates. But the decision to act was yours alone. I'm very proud of you for being so inventive and so bold. Carolyn and Miss Chupesky went to the window and looked out. And there was little Hans waving up at them from a big stretch limousine. It is I, the handsome stranger. The cast of Beaumont Avenue was going out to have an impromptu cast party. And Carolyn and Miss Chupesky were invited. The night would start early, Little Hans told them, and would go quite late. Would they like to go? I would indeed. I'll be right down. The offer was tempting, but Carolyn had other plans. Can I take a rain check? But it is not raining. That's true, but I do have plans. I'm having dinner with Ned and his parents at their house in the suburbs. If you are free later tonight, perhaps you will join us. We will be celebrating many new things. Celebrating might just fit into our plans, too. We conclude this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Connor Magyar as the soap opera announcer, various characters, Andre Zramak as Little Hans, Nina Raleigh as Miss Chupesky and Natalie, Randall Dubis and Genoa Dodd as the beleaguered record executives, Sharon Glassman as Carolyn and the narrator, and introducing Jen Wicker Lee as Raven, the Southern soap opera star. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Tureen. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio To Be or Not To Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Compass.